0: Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at RaceChaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman.
1: Shocker! I actually get to start my own show again. It's nice being back from vacation. (laughs) I've missed that tremendously. So, with all that being said, howdy, y'all, and welcome to this edition of RaceChaser Radio's Motorsports Madness. I'm Jacob Seelman. The guy who normally runs the ship in these things, but I've had to hand it off to my trusty sidekick the last couple weeks, is I've been chasing sprint cars, which I would be doing this week, too, if I were at Knoxville. But, you know, that's a pipe dream for another year. Yes. Tom Baker is my trusty sidekick. (laughs) Yeah, wave for the camera. Oh, you have a camera now. You should pay attention to (laughs) it, right? I know. I know. We're getting there. And some some Cisco guy, Cisco Scaramuza, via the Race Chaser Skype line in that little box down there in the corner.
2: Yep. 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 I'm down here in my box once again. That's you. I got to live outside the box for about a week, and then once again <laughs> they put me back in it. So uh, Taco Bell, I, I won't be uh, making them happy anytime soon. Oh, It's okay.
1: So – What we're going to talk about on this here show is the fact that we're getting ready to send the NASCAR boys back to the Irish hills of Michigan, and that's always fun. We're going to discuss coming up about if anybody can stop the big three, and if so, who. I have a pretty good idea of who I'm going to vote can stop them. We're also going to talk, Tom, about some big dirt race that's happening this weekend that's paying a whole lot of money to win. This thing in Iowa called the Knoxville Nationals. Yeah. Ever heard of it? Yeah,
3: I've heard of it. (laughs)
1: pretty cool pretty cool deal the 58th running of the five-hour energy knoxville nationals presented by casey's general stores conversation on that going to be coming up here shortly as well and you know this is one of those shows where you never know quite what else we'll get into there's some open-wheel silly season rumors already started that might be fun to dive into before the end of this show. So we'll, we'll get started with the NASCAR stuff here in a minute. Sit back, grab you a snack, have some fun, and join the madness with us. Uh, you can chat with us via the comments section on our Race Chaser Media Facebook Live page post whatever you want to call that thing have some fun ask us questions if you do well we'll try to get to them before the end of this show but we're going to take our first break when we come back well we'll just dive right in you're listening to motorsports madness and we'll be back right after these words
4: That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center,
2: rev up your career. I'm Kaz Grawlin. You're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network.
1: Funny that we're getting ready to talk about Michigan, and the the, the Kaz kind of sort of almost won the last Xfinity race that was held Yes, there. he did. No Xfinity cars... Going to Michigan this weekend, however, they are at that little twisty-turny road course thing (laughs) called Mid-Ohio. Twisty-turny
3: road course?
1: I was trying to be fun, and it just didn't quite work. Not quite. Oh, look at that. Cisco did good.
3: Yeah, Cisco's got a stang. We'll talk about that after. Ford did a thing.
1: Yes, Ford did a thing, and I lied. I said we were going to start with the big three. I lied. That's not the biggest news of the day. Ford unveiling the 2019 NASCAR Cup Series. Mustang was the biggest news of the day, as evidenced by Cisco's prop. And I'll start with Cisco because I can. I'll tell you what. That... Mustang, for next year in the Cup Series, looks so good. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm officially jealous because I, I, that, is, that is a beautiful race car, and every single Ford driver, not just because they're paid to say it, but because I actually believe it coming from all of them, is really, really psyched about driving that car at the Daytona 500 in February.
5: Was
2: it was it weird to see when they unveiled it, they drove it through the, the paper, as it were, and who got out was nobody else but Smoke? Was it weird for anybody else except me to see and go, oh, yeah, that's right, Tony Stewart's Ford guy now?
1: No, it wasn't weird. I loved it personally, Tom. I mean, oh, heck, yeah. oh, the, yeah. uh, of course they had to let
3: Tony drive the new Mustang in. It's the only time he's ever going to get a sitting one, likely. Well, most likely, unless he chooses to— come back at some point and run a race or two here or there but yeah i mean tony's it's just a tony thing i mean he's not if tony's going to be involved he's not going to do it a little bit no you know, Tony's going to do it all the way yeah tony's going to go all the way and that's exactly what he did he did a smoke johnson entrance as only smoke johnson could do and, yeah and it was awesome and i agree the mustang is killer i love the look of it as much as i love the new camaro Uh, Now we get to await the Toyota Supra to see what that's possibly going to look like but
1: well they, they already actually unveiled the physical version of that at Daytona Well they
3: did yeah but i mean i guess i want to see them all on the track in racing form but i i think the Mustang is i like the Mustang better than the Camaro
1: Yeah no Much I, better. I i agree with that and i'm not necessarily a manufacturer guy i just like the way it looks and that new Mustang for 2019 looks it, spectacular if it runs, yes that that's exactly the word i was going for you took it right out of my mouth if it runs half as good as it looks it's probably going to run circles around everybody as far as i'm concerned yeah and well, i'm not even trying to play i fingers. mean who knows how to ride i, mean, I
3: yeah. saw some I mean, people complain about the silliest things like the headlights are off or this or that it's like shut up come on race car <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> this come car
2: on. is three centimeters different than how it should be on the yeah. street car therefore i
3: do not like it yeah, somebody's uh, like, it's great till you get back to the B-post. And yeah. after that, it's ugly. I'm like, really? Come on. Now, what what was big about this,
1: Tom, and I also really thought it was great timing, If uh, there, if, if really there was no way you could plan it, just great timing, that the unveil of the 2019 Cup Mustang comes one day after the 10 millionth. That's 10 followed by six zeros. Yes. 10 millionth Mustang rolled off the assembly line in Flat Rock. That is a milestone if I've ever seen one. It
3: is. And honestly, I think that if you if you really look at the history of the Mustang, the arc, sort of the, yeah. the transitions that the Mustang's gone through, okay. I, can't, I can't think of a single year of the Mustang that I just didn't like. Now, there are some I like better than others. Right. You know, and everybody has their own preferences. But in terms hey, of what's that? Oh, the 84
2: Cobra.
7: Oh, God. <laughs>
3: sure. Yeah. Like that's I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that. But I think and, and I'm partial to the older versions because yeah. that's kind of my youth. But one of those, yeah. you know, 69, 70 into that. But but I think. um I don't think there's ever been a version of it that I've looked at and went, blah. And, you know, you can't really say that about too many cars because a lot of these manufacturers for their brands that that they they let them go away. and Then they bring them back as something completely different, like Dodge did with the Dart, for example. I like the new Dart, but it's not a Dart. So Ford has kind of kept the Mustang true to itself, I think. Yeah,
2: good job. Cisco with the prop. Yes, Yes, I got plenty of those, but of course that, <laughs> that's one of the many Mustang racing, and it's really cool to see that despite the changes in Ford's production line and everything, they've chosen to keep it, not just from an icon standpoint, from, but from the fact that it's a performance icon for them as well. Right, like right. that GTR that was a concept car, but even the cars that raced you know, back in the 80s during Trans Am days, and even yeah. through Trans Am today, and thus, you know, Ford has put all of their effort into this Mustang now, as that's going to be the performance icon car for them, apart from the GT. But, well, it's the GT. Exactly. So.
1: Now, things I learned from today's unveiling and press conference that I didn't know before, Tom. Okay. Did you know that the Ford Mustang won the Tour de France?
3: I did not. It, but All not right, the,
2: story time, yes.
3: Sealman. Story time, Sealman says, <laughs> Shut down, kids. <laughs> let, let me, me tell, tell you a
1: story. story. <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> you go. See, we're doing good tonight. Let me tell you. Let me Can tell you name this the story. character, though? <laughs> no, because that was way before my time
3: <laughs> Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> All right. From so a Living Color. Look The story
1: it up. of the Ford Mustang, and this was its <laughs> first major win, if I remember right. Yeah. It was the Tour de France automobile not the Tour de France bike race. It was a 4,000-mile, I think, 10-day rally event that the Ford Mustang back in the 60s ended up winning. Fact that I didn't know until they were talking about it at the unveil today in Dearborn. So that was the first major win by a Ford Mustang in motorsports competition. And as Cisco mentioned, Trans Am came next, and then it's gone through all these different facets that now includes IMSA sports cars, the Xfinity series, and next year will include the Cup series. So th- there's your factoid of the day. Maybe it'll come up in Jeopardy
2: sometime. Over here, here we, kind we call of like the Targa. Florio races that took place back in the 60s, you know, those road, giant road races around Italy, that kind of thing. Something like that, yeah.
3: I, I feel like that's sort of the—that was obviously that country's version of, like, a cannonball run. Something that's like that. we yeah. call that, a cannonball run here. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Okay. So now
1: I'll ask the burning question that's been on social media's mind all day since they unveiled the new Mustang— Because once upon a time, and certainly, Tom, back when you were a kid, the the head-butting rivalry of the day was Ford versus Chevy. You've got Camaro versus Mustang at the highest level of stock car racing in 2019. Is this something that can get some fans riled up again and get them excited about NASCAR?
3: Sure, yeah, I think it can. And, of course, remember, back in my day when I was young, you had— you didn't just have Ford and Chevy. You had Pontiac. You had Oldsmobile. You had Mercury. You know, you had Buick. You had different. They were. It was still Ford GM. Yeah. But you had different. Uh, their different brands each were represented. Right. You because again, it's it was a stock car. You go to the go to the dealership and, and buy yourself a car, and then just mm-hmm. make it into a race car. Um, now you basically only have one kind of. Car for each manufacturer, um yeah, I think we need this, and I think this brings it back into line now. We have basically sports car versus you know a sports car, or muscle car versus muscle yeah. car whatever you wanna whatever whatever language you wanna use they're they're both the same kind of car. And so now what I think we need is we need to go get Chrysler and get Dodge into this with the Charger. You won't see Dodge
1: back, unfortunately. And it's It's disappointing for me, but especially with the untimely passing of uh, Sergio Marchionne Recently, I, I just don't see the the modern day execs at uh, Fiat Chrysler bringing Dodge back into the sport. It's they should. Like me.
3: I mean, if we've I think I think NASCAR and this to me feels like something Jim France could be doing yeah. Um, as he takes the reins here. I think NASCAR needs to somehow find a formula that entices more manufacturers yep. in because. I think we need more than just Ford and Chevy right. for the sport to really grow again. But this, I think this is a neat start, and there is so much still. There are so many fans who care what somebody races. I personally don't, right. you know, but th- there are a lot of fans who do, and I think for those people, it brings them back into the sport.
1: All right, we're going to step aside. We've got more Motorsports Madness right around the turn. Stick with us.
4: or you can email them at office at com. drift nirvana getting you sideways the right way
3: hms motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety hms serves the majority of monster energy nascar cup xfinity camping world truck indycar and imsa WeatherTech teams as well as countless SECA and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout north america
2: Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. Oh,
1: welcome back to Motors. It's madness. Somebody's bored. Uh, yeah. Cisco the <laughs> mime is down in the corner, <laughs> and he's been bored during this last commercial. That's why we're cracking up. But then again, this is what we do, and this is what you guys don't get to see, and that's probably just as well. But you
2: can see it, Jacob. Where can they see it? We are live on we are, the Race yes, Chaser we are. Facebook. I,
1: I just meant that they can't see you miming during the commercial break. Oh, yeah. Of course. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, I, I I get that they're watching us right now, but nobody
3: wants to. No, nobody see wants him to mime. see Cisco mine. No. no. Anyway, <laughs>
1: can we get back to race yeah, talk now? Yeah, Jacob's We were Seelman, talking about Tom NASCAR. Baker, Cisco Scaramuza. Sure? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, unless somebody's replaced one of us with an alien <laughs> in the last ten minutes. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the big three now because we're going to Michigan, where conveniently one of the big three did not win when we were there earlier in the season in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. You can argue with me all you want and say that, oh, it was rain-shortened. But you know what? Clint Boyer drove his tail off to win that race. I don't care if it was shortened or not. He earned it. So, with that being said, the question becomes, all right, Clint Boyer did it at Michigan earlier this season. Chase Elliott beat the big three at Watkins Glen, Can somebody beat
3: the big three this weekend? And if so, who, Tom? Uh, I think two come to mind. Kyle Larson would be the first. And Alex Bowman would be the second. Now, with that being said... If you're asking me to pick a winner, it's Kevin Harvick, who is one of the big three. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not I wasn't necessarily asking you
1: to pick a winner. But. I'm just
3: saying, I think I mean, Larson is always fast at Michigan. Yeah, uh, we, and, we could call him the modern day Mr. Michigan. Yeah, really? I mean, he he's got probably, I would say, the best shot out of the out of the rest of the not big three. <laughs> um but uh, I think Alex Bowman certainly because of the the team's experience there and success there but I just I don't know I don't feel like they're going to have the same speed at Michigan that the Fords will and particularly um, Stuart Haas racing I think it's going to be right back to what we saw in the beginning of the year I think you're going to have Kyle Busch Martin Truex and Stuart Haas racing basically as your your contenders with maybe a shot at, I would think, Ryan Blaney perhaps too. All right, Cisco,
1: agree or disagree with what he said? I'm waiting to give my take for a minute.
2: I will agree with his first point in that Kyle Larson is – Probably going to have the best shot out of anybody outside of the the big three to go out and win this. I mean, the record speaks for itself, 2016, 2017, and 2017 again, the last three races before Clint Boyer, Kyle Larson won all three of those, and he was also extremely strong in that rain-shortened race. Uh Mm-hmm. This is a Kyle Larson racetrack, apparently, and it's pretty wide, so I don't think he's going to hit the wall and cost himself this one. So I like that 42, Jacob. Numbers don't lie. And
1: I will remind everyone that whenever Kyle Larson gets to run a sprint car, usually it translates into Kyle Larson being better on Sunday. And oh, would you look at the calendar? You know what Saturday night is? the Knoxville Nationals. (laughs) And you know who locked himself into Saturday's big show by being the highest points earner in last night's preliminary night. We'll talk about that later. Young money. Yes. Kyle Larson, which is why I'm going to disagree with both of y'all. And I'm going to say the big three not only can be beat, they will be beat on Sunday by young money. Kyle Larson's do And I think the 42 wins on Sunday after he's done winning on Saturday. But Ooh. we'll talk about that a little Ooh. bit later. That, it's, yeah, not time, the different kind. it's not time to get into that argument quite yet. But we are going to talk about Knoxville before this show is over. And okay. I am very hyped about Larson for Saturday night. So more on that later. But I believe in Kyle Larson because I believe what I see. And had the race been able to go to conclusion and Larson had the time to rally back from the pit road issue that he had... I believe Larson could have contended to win that race, too, and potentially would be four in a row right now. Unfortunately, we didn't get that chance, but it is what it is. We move on. It's another day, another race, and I believe that all the Chevy teams, not just Hendrick Motorsports, have made strides. Watkins Glen is a road course that takes a lot of aerodynamic prowess. We saw that out of the Chevys over the weekend. Yes, we were turning left and right, Tom, but I believe that they can take what they learned there and some of the speed they had there and apply it to more of these aero tracks. I don't think so, last Sunday is a flash in the pan. I really don't.
3: Well, being better and being capable of beating the big three, I'll I think remind you, Chase hey, Elliott did different things. It. Yes, uh, again, on a road course. And he was pressured all the way by tracks until Martin ran out of fuel. And, and again, I'm not going to say Martin would have beat him. All I'm saying is, and, and out of that camp, Elliott's clearly been the best all year long out of the Hendrick camp. Sure. So the fact that he won, not much of a surprise here. Um, If anyone was going to win, the one that we all expect to win, still at the bottom of the barrel over there, and that's Jimmy Johnson, the 48. And I'm not, I wouldn't put 50 cents on him to win in Michigan either. I didn't say I was putting 50 cents on him. No, I'm just, I am saying it. I think all three of the other Hendrick cars, I would put the odds Above Jimmy Johnson going to Michigan, which any other year you would never say that. No, no, you wouldn't. But 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 they're just not like every other year.
1: So Mm -hmm. now Cisco out of the big three, keeping in mind that, okay, Kevin Harvick finished second to his teammate back in June. Which one of the three of them, if one of them wins on Sunday, wins?
2: Is it Harvick or is it one of the Toyotas? It's hard to bet against Harvick, really. I mean, with the momentum off the announcement as well to add that in and with how strong they were there back in the spring, it's hard to bet against them,
3: Jacob. I got to stick with Harvick here. Tom, agree or disagree? I said Harvick is going to win it uh, a little while ago. I'm sticking with it. Kevin Harvick wins. I disagree. Again, shocking. I
1: know. I'm, a lone, yeah. I'm a lone dissenter tonight.
3: But we know your two, <laughs> two-inch limb isn't going to be Jimmy Johnson this time. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's That would not. be a two-mile limb at this point. <laughs> My two-inch limb is the guy who's going to be motivated
1: to rebound from running out of fuel last week, Martin Truex yeah. Jr. Well, he would be the one I would pick if that. Not. And I think Barney Visser is equally motivated, especially after the statement that they released in the middle of the week about being committed, no matter what happens in their sponsorship search, to running a car in the Cup Series in 2019. Did anybody
3: think there was really a chance this there were a lot be- th- there really? were a lot
1: of people that said that were worried because of five hour leaving and they still have not renewed with JGR or Toyota that they might not field the car next year
3: what are the chances that jGr and Toyota Don't want them back for next year. I don't
1: think it's a question about not wanting them back. I think it's a question of financial feasibility.
3: What are the chances that Toyota looks at him and goes, yeah, sorry, we're going to have to let you let you, you know, die. I mean, look, this is how many years did Barney Visser operate that team with his own businesses on Mm -hmm. the car? If, Mm -hmm. If it comes to it. I know he doesn't want to do it. if it comes to it, he's going to do it
7: well
1: the, there's the, the question that I have though is and it's a quote that Martin Truex gave a couple weeks ago about saying that he wasn't sure if Barney would be able to
3: operate the team at the level it 's at now with his own funds anymore i just i can't i just can't imagine a scenario where that team doesn't either have a sponsor or run without with there's just too much there and, and, and you're you're two years off a championship and you're right yeah. back in contention again um i, I mean i don't I, I just don't see that happening i see i i see martin Trix jr not only coming back but contending for another title but i, I just that team is too good yeah, i i think absolutely. this is i understand it's a story but for me it's kind of a non-story i just think the odds of that going away are less than zero any ideas on who steps up to the plate for them then? No, but, I mean, I can't believe that there won't be a list of people. I mean, goodness gracious, yeah. the track record is there. The promotability is there. The consistency yeah. is there. That's one of the best values in cup racing. One car team, Denver, Colorado, unique story. Um, it, 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 they'll, they'll figure it out. I, I like that, and good grief. I think we're all hoping they do
1: figure it out sooner rather than later. I think we hate that right now that it has to be a story. We know Bass Pro is coming back in some capacity yeah. next year. We know Auto Owners Insurance is coming back in some capacity next year. It's just that split with Bass Pro that 5-Hour Energy had that they're trying to uh, to fill up here, Cisco. So it's not a full-season
2: sponsorship, which I do think is a benefit. It's it's odd because, and it's something that I noticed at the beginning of the season, Bass Pro has about three or four irons in the fire right now between yeah. RCR, CGR, and Truex. I'm wondering if maybe that's an opportunity for Bass Pro to say, you know what, we're just going to go full bore with Truex. Because they've done work with him in the past, whether it be commercials or
3: promotions or whatever, Maybe that's the option. I don't know. I don't see that. I see Bass Pro staying with what they're doing. They've got plenty of other partners, vendors that could step up to fill this role. Martin Truex will be fine. All right. We're going to have more
1: conversation ahead. But first, a few messages to get you through this next break. We'll be back with more Motorsports Madness
2: right after this. Okay. So, Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's. Yeah. And, Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad.
4: persuasion
6: okay okay we're buckling up see all buckled
2: good choice i'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time
5: what what no
4: do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts even on short drives never give up until they buckle up a message from the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council visit safercar.gov slash kids buckle up for more information
6: At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
5: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
8: Hi, I'm Noah Grayson, and you're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network.
1: And we're back to Motorsports Madness. And Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramouza, talking about raising for a little while. Which exactly. Which, if you know us, should both excite you and scare you all at the same time.
3: Okay, something <laughs> like that. Something like that. What are you like trying to scare off our captive yeah, audience? We're, Come we're not, on, what's wrong we're with We're not you? scary people. Well, you are sometimes, but...
1: Uh, yeah, that, I'm not the only one that, that statement <laughs> applies to, but we digress <laughs> and move on. Right now, we're going to talk about the big story of the week, because... We haven't gotten a chance to on this particular program as of yet, and quite frankly, it's been kind of a developing menagerie of parts over the last few days, which started uh, early Monday morning when the news came to light that Brian France had been arrested Sunday following the Watkins Glen Cup Series race and Chase Elliott's first win uh, for blowing a stop sign, driving under the influence, and being in possession of oxycodone pills, which has now led to Brian taking an indefinite leave of absence from the sport, his Uncle Jim being promoted to uh, interim chairman and CEO of NASCAR, and everybody else saying, well, we move on and this could be a good thing. New ideas are often a good thing. And I think the biggest message right now is, number one, the sport will survive. Number two, we're all hoping that Brian can uh, work to, towards recovery and get the support and the help that he needs for his situation, while at the same time uh, looking towards what I think, Tom, is going to be a pretty bright tenure with Jim France right now.
3: Well, I think so, too. I mean, and I agree with you on points, points one and two. First off, Jim France is a well-seasoned executive. Jim has brought, when NASCAR bought IMSA, Jim has brought that through a complete resurgence mm-hmm. to uh, probably the best shape that series has been in in some time. I um, argue
1: it's the best shape that North American ever. sports car
3: racing's ever been in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, they've done a phenomenal job. And then um, he's he also is starting to oversee the transition with the Arca series. He was in yes. on that uh, purchase and um he's also a racer himself i mean yes he's 73 but and yes it is true that he probably didn't really want or maybe still doesn't want to be a long-term chairman and ceo of nascar but he's more than capable of stepping in very well respected in the garage and so i think the sport is going to do just fine and in fact it brings a different perspective to it yeah um and also, Cisco, I, I agree with Jacob's second point. We need to be praying for Brian France. I'm, I'm a little irritated with some of what I've seen on social media. These people, you know, wanting the book thrown at him because, you know, he, he had a DUI and had oxycodone. It, there are a lot of glass house people out there. I know I have alcoholics in my family and I've had a couple of drug addicts as well, um, And I know that I, in my very distant past, have driven under the influence. I don't drink much anymore, so that never happens. But we all either are that person or know that person. Let's not assign any more hate to Brian France for what he did than you would to your your dad, your uncle, your grandpa, who does the same sort of thing. Um, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying that, you know, let's give him the opportunity here and give him the support to get the help that he needs and you know the sport i think cisco as as jacob said is going to be fine under jim's direction and it remains to be seen what brian's future involvement may be going down the road no i agree this is something to where jim's not going to
2: mess this up it's not going to get binned or anything everything's going to be fine So ultimately, I agree. This is something to where the sport needs to come together and say, look, this is somebody who needs a lot of help right now. And we can do – we can play a part. We can play our part to make sure that Ryan goes through and gets the help he needs. And I think you know a certain amount uh, amount of accountability can be set up in that as well to make sure that he goes through this. Because it would be even worse if he went through the steps he took and then – Things didn't change. Right. So I, I pray that everybody will be able to learn from this situation, including Brian, but also those around him, because I worry also about the climate he was in. Was any of this maybe stirred on or something he got into that because the people around him were bothering to worry about him in that sort of situation? Either so ignoring I, I hope the situation for, or
3: enabling it is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly.
2: Yep. I'm, I, I'm hoping that. Any situation that would enable that would have been taken care of and is being taken care of now. Exactly.
1: All right. So we'll take that situation and let it sit where it is for the moment. But on a future show, I do think it warrants some discussion after we get a couple of weeks down the road – what things we might or you know we might have already seen or things that we could anticipate are being possible positives to come out of Jim France's right. reign at the top of the sport but I, I think, think we need to give that a week or two to actually start to play out and see what happens
3: before we can really conjecture well a whole lot on. I that. will throw out real quick that uh-huh. I think the first positive Jacob is simply the reaction of the teams the drivers yep. everybody's okay yeah nobody's And in fact, everything I've seen from most of the
1: teams is that they believe this will be a real positive
3: for the sport. Yeah. Again, because of his background and his, uh, you know, his experience, he's got a different sort of skill set and experience base than what Brian had. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I think, and and again, I I don't want to say he's going to be better than Brian, simply to say that. I think the first positive is everybody's okay with this. Nobody's yep. panicking. Everybody's yeah. saying, look, the sport's going to be okay. You know, Brian can take the time he needs to go uh, deal with the personal issues and get better. And then, you know, down the road, those in charge can decide yep. what future role he might play, you know, with, uh, it, it, with that organization.
1: All right, so let's now go back to looking ahead a little bit in regards to racing on the track and talk about the fact that joining the Cup Cars at Michigan International this weekend is going to be the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Of course, in June, it was the Xfinity Series that paired up with the Cup Cars. So now the trucks get their shot at the two-mile oval and... This is a race where it can always get pretty interesting, and it's had a penchant a couple of times for some surprise winners. The one that still sticks out to me most recently was the last lap pass that Brett Moffitt made a couple of years ago to drive to victory lane for the now-defunct Red Horse team, and it kind of begs the question of the people that could potentially be surprise or maybe first-time winners who we think of late might be that next guy.
3: Ah, uh, well, the first guy, as far as a first-time winner, the first guy that comes to mind for me is Stuart Friesen. I think this is yes, a track, I think this is a track where Stewie can can run well. I think um, you know his truck's going to have the speed. He's been good on the larger tracks this year. I think he uh, he definitely could be a player in this. As far as you know, one or two other names to look for here. Obviously, Johnny Sauter is is Duh. a given, <laughs> but. I I think you look at Justin Haley uh, and say there is another one that that can be, you know, uh, he and Ben Rhodes have both been fast and John Hunter Niemicek back in the eight truck this weekend. So that's going to be fun. And I think John Hunter is another one that can Mm -hmm. go out and get a win. Um, You know, these these trucks, you've got probably 10 or 12 of them um, that 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 I feel like have enough speed to win. It's just which one of them on you know on the weekend is going to be strong. But I think Stewart, probably for a first-time winner, mm-hmm. that's that's the truck I'd be paying attention to. I would,
1: could not agree more with that, Cisco. I think at this point that 52 team believes they can come into any race on the schedule and feasibly walk away with the trophy. It's yep. honestly broken my heart a little bit that they haven't up to now, not just because Stewart's a short-track dirt guy, but – Because, quite frankly, they've had the speed to win about five of these things this year.
2: Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a case where they're they're in the Kyle Larson has done everything but win scenario. Or the Mm -hmm. former Chase Elliott has done everything but win scenario. So, no, I agree. I think he's going to be one up there. He's going to be strong. We'll have to watch him. And the good news is? Oh, uh, there's no there's no uh 54 Kyle Bush truck, thank goodness this week.
3: Well, there are some Kyle Bush trucks, but Just yes, not but Kyle none of them Kyle, with Kyle in doesn't it. doesn't say,
2: say Rowdy, <laughs> right, so yes. it's not going to be him. Yeah, Kyle's
1: done in trucks this year. Let's yeah. let's make that clear. Yeah. He tied Ron Hornaday in his last scheduled truck start for the year. So he can't run anymore. No worries about Rowdy for the rest of the season, which for the rest of the truck guys is good. But there is one guy in Kyle's stable, Tom, that I think deserves watching this
3: weekend, and that's Spencer Davis. Well, you know, Spencer is one that I think has, you know, he's run well in every one of his truck starts. Yeah. It's, it's like the performance has been there, but I don't think the results have been, oh, yeah. you know, what we're used to seeing out of Kyle Busch trucks, and it has nothing to do with Spencer. Um, I do think it's a little bit of just not enough seat time for him in the truck that that makes a difference but i think i think spencer going to be tough and i think noah gregson's another one that's going to be right up there you know kyle bush not being in a kyle bush truck doesn't mean that kyle bush trucks aren't going to win at this point because he's got a good stable of drivers there and it doesn't matter who's in those trucks if it's you know todd Gilliland, he's fast if it's yep. Burton he's fast if you know Spencer's fast I mean all these guys Gregson Eric Jones jumped in it and you know almost pulled off a win at Pocono if not for Um, Kyle (laughs) yeah if not for Kyle so I mean again I I, those trucks are awesome trucks and I think I would love to see Spencer win because he's another one of those drivers somebody needs to give that boy enough funding to go racing full time in the truck series and let him run for a championship next year because I think he's he is very, very talented, and he's—he's he's got the personality. He checks all the boxes. He's from Georgia, you know. If he wins, they ought to ring the—they ought ring the, the ring. Uh do the whole siren thing at the pool hall because
1: well he's a Dawsonville. Yeah, I was going to say
3: he's um you know he's as much a Dawsonville native as, as you know the Elliots are so you know I, I, I think um I, I think this would be a good time for him to show that he can play too. Oh, without a doubt, I
1: I think that would be fun to watch if Spencer could pull it off. He's come close. In the National Series, and uh, he's got a couple of uh, K&N Pro Series wins, so it's just a matter of time, I feel like, before he gets one in that truck. He's been very, very, very fast. Yep. Yep. But I think the other interesting story, real quick, cisco is the fact that noah gregson is back after illness kept him out of the seat recently and uh, it'll be interesting to see how he fares getting back to business in that kyle Busch motorsports number 18
2: as well yeah he's got some reputation to defend here that 18 that yeah. driver of the 18 so i'm curious to see about gregson also small note for me uh one of the drivers out of the cars tour take poglovin going to be making his third start in the trucks here and i'm curious to see It's gone crash and suspension problems for him, so I'm curious to see if they could finish a race because he's qualified in the top 15, or qualified 15th and then 16th in his two starts. So there is some speed in that 20 truck. They just have to, you know, put the whole race together, and then I'd like to see where that's going to put them.
3: I, I think that I think Tate definitely. I don't think he's capable of winning right now. I no, don't no, think no. that truck has a. But I definitely think he could be back end top 10 here at Michigan if they can get the speed in the truck. Tate's, um, Tate's still, I think, learning to make the adjustment, especially of the bigger tracks. But he's definitely not without talent. And, you know, I love to see Tyler Young and his team do well, regardless of who's driving the trucks, because they work their tails off. That's another case of it's a little team that really exceeds expectations a lot and because they work for it. So uh, I think take top 10 to 15 is certainly possible for him, but yeah. I don't see him um, quite being able to run for a win yet. Not yet.
1: He's, you know, he's got some learning to do. Sure. So yep. once he gets there, I'll say this though, that Young's Motorsports team, I think – with uh, Austin Hill and some of the other drivers that have been in that 20 this season, Thorson, the Dillons. I mean, that, that team is getting closer and closer to being able to contend yep. for victories. And yep. I think that's a very big deal and a very great sign for the Camping World Truck Series, soon to be the Gander Outdoors Truck Series in uh, 2019.
2: Do we, do we have the uh, abbreviation for that yet?
3: GOTS. We got the truck race. Yeah. Oh, no. Now, that's, that's not official, but it's unofficial. No, it's it is what everybody a, it is, is official.
1: It says so on NASCAR.com. Oh, it's, it does? It, it's N-GOTS. <laughs> n We wow. got the truck race. Oh. Okay. okay. That's going to be the running joke all of next year. Oh, yes. People are going to get sick of that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> like we already are. And well, with that, we're going to laugh ourselves all the way to this next break. You're listening to Motorsports Madness. I'm going to catch my breath.
5: For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online.
6: Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke,
8: 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver.
6: My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My
1: mom. <laughs> My mommy. Will
4: Stop these tragedies before they happen, don't drink and drive.
7: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.
8: Hi, I'm Spencer Davis, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show.
1: Funny, we were just talking about him a minute ago. Yes, Spencer we were. Davis bringing us back to Race Chaser Radio's Motorsports Madness. And, well, got a couple minutes before the end of the first half of our show, so I'll just go around the table real quick and have you guys to uh, wrap our NASCAR conversation here for a bit. Pick your winners for Cup and Trucks.
3: Tom. Cup and Trucks. Well, I said Kevin Harvick already for the— uh, So you're sticking with it. I'm sticking with Kevin Harvick because I believe he'll get the win in the Cup Series, Truck Series. Um, why not? I'm going to go with Stuart Friesen. Cisco. I think he's due. Um, I think for the the Cup
2: Series, I'm going to go with the Kyle Larson pick there. And as for the trucks, yeah, sure. Why not? Bone Bono, make it happen. Wow, really? Why not? Why <laughs> not? Mainly because I wanted to make that joke, but just because you, know you wanted to make that joke. Just because I made that joke, but you know what? Why not? They're in a DGR truck. They got some speed in there. Why
1: not? Okay. See, for me, wow. I'm going to stand by what I said earlier. As much as I would love the uh, the the idea of Martin Truex going on a revenge trip after last week at Watkins Glen, I don't think so. I think it's going to be the guy sweeping the weekend that I talked about earlier, just a different kind of sweep. Kyle Larson wins his fourth out of the last five at Michigan. Come on guys, I believe what I see, and that car is still the fastest thing in the Irish Hills. It has been since the end of 2016. As far as the trucks go, here's a flyer that I'm feel confident enough to take. Uh-oh. First pavement win since 2016. Matt Crafton. Oh, ThorSport has been much much better lately. And I think that will translate. This is a track where they've always been very, very good and I think the 88 gets the job done on Saturday
3: afternoon. Here's the... Uh
2: checking my phone he's overdue tom yeah he's overdue for a while here
3: he's overdrawn is what he is at the luck bank that's been the problem for matt crafton is he just has had no luck hasn't been a lack of speed hasn't been a lack he didn't forget how to drive right okay he just has no luck anymore every one of the other Uh, trucks out of that stable has better luck than him
1: all right we're gonna step aside the second half of motorsports madness kicks off right after these words
4: you own a performance car and you know how to drive but you want to learn real performance driving
2: I'm an NHRA Pro Stock racer Tanner Gray, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports.
1: Aha! There's a driver that's done some stuff lately, including picked up an NHRA Pro Stock win in uh, Seattle, Washington, over the weekend. Wally! yes, he picked up his fourth Wally of the season. That leads all drivers in the category, by the way. So we we can talk more about NHRA before the end of the show. Right now, I want to talk about... uh, One USAC National Midget Racer being superhuman leading into another USAC National Midget Racer that's joining us in our next segment. So before we talk about Zeb Wise, let's talk about Logan Seavey, Tom, and the video of the move he pulled at Lanco, Pennsylvania last week in the Pennsylvania Midget Week opener that was out of this world insane. I I texted him and called him superhuman. One does not just drive onto the catch fence to avoid the spinning car of their teammate and get away with it.
3: No, and for those of you who have not seen the video, it is just incredible. I mean, you watch him come out of turn four and – And you see him just go up and ride the wall and right back down again. And he finished third. And he ends up third just the way he planned it, not. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, what an amazing, it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen, honestly. Uh, Logan is just, he's having one of those seasons where it seems like everything that he touches turns to gold. And that was certainly a great example of you talk about overdrawn at the luck bank, he's got plenty in the luck bank because
6: yes, that could have just
3: easily been a nasty crash. Let's remind everybody, for those who are wondering,
1: why do I know that name? This is the same Logan C V that jumped in the KBM 51 truck at Eldora, yes. nearly won that race and is also the same Logan CV who is leading the USAC National Midget point standings right now as a rookie, looking to become the first rookie champion since Christopher Bell in 2013 and only the third rookie champion in the history of the USAC National Midget Division. The kid is 21 years old from Sutter, California, and on a roll, just like the driver that we're going to talk to around the turn. Coming up in our next segment, you'll hear from... 15-year-old Angola, Indiana native Zeb Wise, who drives for the rival team to Seavey's, Lawson Marshall Racing, and Zeb made shockwaves by coming back from injury, a two-month layoff due to a broken collarbone, and what does he do in race number one? He wins that same same race race that Logan Seavey ran up on the catch fence and finished third. So you're going to get to meet Zeb Wise and hear from him about his big victory coming up right after these messages, so stand by and stay tuned. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio's Motorsports Madness, and we're back in a moment.
7: Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make
2: tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the US Air Force. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports
1: Madness, and we are rolling right along here on tonight's program. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and our cast of uh, thousands, otherwise known as a few. And right now, we are going to chat with our special guest for tonight's show. Convenient, considering less than a week ago, he came off. Not only his first USAC National Midget victory his first national midget victory period for Clawson Marshall Racing, and oh, by the way, it was his first race in two months after a broken collarbone early in the summer, put him out of action for a little bit. The driver of the number 39 BC, Zeb Wise joins us now. And Zeb, first off, we've had you on before, but we're really psyched to have you back. And I know you're as equally psyched that you came away with a huge victory at Lanco, Pennsylvania during Pennsylvania Midget Week last week. So welcome back. And Talk us through the race a little bit because you told me before this race that the first couple of races back was going to be about getting comfortable in the car again. I'd say you're pretty comfortable in the car.
8: (laughs) Yeah um you know when we went into the night that was that was the biggest thing was just get get back into the rhythm and get comfortable again but uh you know we after high laps I I felt pretty comfortable and then uh when qualifying, I was the last car out, so I wasn't expecting much. You know, being the last car out, tracks kind of washed away, but it actually wasn't bad. We went out and went fourth quick, so um, that put us starting fifth in our heat race, and I think we we got to third, so um, that lined us up third in the A-Main and just kind of got into a rhythm. Uh, got in a good battle with Spencer Basin, Logan Seavey, uh, my teammate Justin Grant. Uh, we were all bumper to bumper there for a while and uh, just kind of, Got out front with like 10 to go, I think it was, and uh, grabbed
1: the win. Talk us through a little bit about what this has been like since you had to sit out for a couple of months. Because I know it was more anxiousness to get back. You're, you've been a little bit impatient as it's gotten closer to getting back. So talk about what the time away has been like and you know what it meant for you to be able to get back and get back in the seat again.
8: Oh well, the time the time away was pretty uh pretty boring um the first the first two weeks were the worst um I couldn't really do much you know it it hurt to move lay in bed for two weeks um but about after after that i started uh racing eye racing one arm yeah i was i had the other one in a sling so i couldn't i couldn't use it at all uh it was tough i, I hung in there until about ten to go and uh i would start my my arm would start getting tired so my right arm was uh it was pretty strong over those few six or eight weeks because <laughs> uh, that's all I could use. But, um, no, it, it it wasn't too bad, you know. The the last two weeks where, like, I felt comfortable and I felt fine, those are the worst because it wasn't 100% healed, but I couldn't tell. And that, that was the worst because I wanted to get back in it, you know. Um, but there wasn't any races, especially with uh, Sunshine racing the sprint car, you know. Um, that kind of set us back a little bit, but not a big deal. Obviously, it worked out. We went back and ran first and second. So uh, I was pretty happy with it.
3: Zeb, you've had a pretty quick rise to prominence here over the course of this year. What's it been like for you to go from, I want to say, and I, and I don't mean this in a bad way, relative obscurity to all of a sudden being in this position with Clausen, and Marshall and winning these races and running up front in some of the the biggest open wheel races in the country against some of the best in the business. What's that been like for you, as far as having to deal with all of us media types and uh, all of uh, all that goes with that sort of rise in popularity?
8: It is pretty crazy, you know. I, when I first teamed up with Klaus and Marshall back in the micro days, I um, I ran my first race for them at the Shootout, and just like all the publicity and stuff you get from just the Cost Marshall team alone. Um, when someone, you know, when you hear a young kid, you know, even like them getting into Keith Coons, Motorsports, Klaus and Marshall, or even moving up just yeah. in general, you know, it, it draws all the attention to you. Cause you know, you're, you're on the spotlight at that point. Um, and I, it was, it was a lot different for me. I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, there were, I had some lifestyle changes, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. It's it's a really cool experience, so it's, uh, it's been fun.
1: Another thing that I don't think a lot of people have really touched on in the wake of this victory, Zeb, was not only was it your first national midget win with Klaus and Marshall Racing, but it also broke the USAC record for youngest winner in series history, a mark that coincidentally, is held by the driver whose initials are on your car and who really kind of sought you out back in the early days of your career. What did it mean to you at Lanco to be able to kind of succeed Brian with that record of being the youngest USAC National Midget winner?
8: Uh, It was, you know, it it brought me to tears. Um, It's pretty crazy, especially, you know, running the 39 BC. uh, It's the same number, you know, he ran and running under his dad's name, uh, you know, I, I think Brian was probably up there smiling and happy. So, uh, it, it was really cool. Um, I, at the time I didn't even know I broke the record and, uh, we were standing there in victory lane over the intercom. I heard, I heard him say it and I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And then I heard him say that it was Brian's record before, before I broke it. And you know, that's, that's just unbelievable. I, I wasn't expecting it at all. And, uh, you know, I, I think everyone back in the pits was happy. It was cool to see Die and Tim smiling, and uh, I think everyone was everyone was pretty humbled after that night.
1: What's Tim meant to your career, especially the last couple years in the wake of everything that's gone on? I mean, how how big has that support and that guidance been for you?
8: Oh, uh, it's uh, there's nothing else like it. Um, he he's probably one of the best mentors out there. I wouldn't recommend anyone else as far as kids coming into midgets and micros to get hooked up with. Um, He's, he's the best guy I know with kids. Um, He, Tim is, he's like no other person on the planet. Um, He, he works with, you know, developing kids, not only on the track, but off the track too. I think that's one of the biggest things is he, he obviously wants you to succeed on the track and do well while you're out racing but he also wants you to succeed off the track and he he gives you pointers you know with social media and all that kind of stuff uh i mean he he truly is the best teacher out there as far as racing
1: what's the next frontier obviously the injury kind of shook up your plans to get the rookie of the year award in usac but with a win now under your belt a little quicker than perhaps you expected it coming back what's the next goal to shoot for here
8: um I would say you know uh at at the beginning of the year being in you know we were right there with in championship runnings and uh and rookie of the year runnings but um after that injury that obviously took me out so now uh now I'm I'm really just focused on you know uh, racked up wins and podiums um you know before I would have been more focused on consistent finishes and stuff but now I, I'm pretty focused on wins. That doesn't mean I'm going to go out there running second, and wreck the leader trying to win it. But um, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm going to try my hardest to win every race. It's not like I wouldn't have done that before, but uh, you know, I, I feel like I can be a little bit more, a little bit more aggressive now because I don't have to worry about championship points and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, that's about it.
1: You've got about a minute here, so I want to give you a chance to give any shout-outs and thank-yous to sponsors, supporters. Who makes it happen for Zeb Wise?
8: Yeah, Priority Aviation, Vision Collision, um, everybody on the Marshall team. Yeah, uh, Tyler Rainsbottom, Kevin Smith. Uh, uh, we had a few kids helping us, Austin French. Um, Reese, we call him Cuppy because of Reese Cup. <laughs> and then you got Cole Bodine who filled in for me. Uh, i got to give a big shout-out to him. He did a heck of a job um richard and jennifer marshall tim and die uh, my mom and dad my whole family um i mean there's an endless amount of people that go into this i can't thank them enough
1: well zeb we appreciate you taking some time to chat with us and uh definitely congratulations again on the first of what i think we can all agree is going to be many national midget wins to come uh, best of luck here as we go down the rest of the season and we'll look forward to having you back on before it's over
8: Yeah, thank you, guys.
1: That's Zeb Wise, and with that, we are going to step aside, but don't go anywhere because we've still got a whole ton more to get to. You're listening to Motorsports Madness, and we'll be back right after these words.
4: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road.
3: Modified driver Matt Hirschman,
2: you're listening to Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network.
1: Hi again. Did you miss us?
3: If you you missed our faces, we're back. Well, (laughs) we we never (laughs) really left. (laughs) I I don't know. We have faces for radio, so I'm not really too sure that they miss our faces. But uh, that was a great interview with Zeb Wise. He really... I mean, Zeb has come a long way in the interview department, and boy, yeah. that young man is on fire as far as, I mean, coming out of a broken collarbone, winning the race. Now, you know, he gets to. Yeah, go he followed it up with, with a second, by the I way. I was going to say, night. yeah. Yep. So he uh, he definitely is. He's come a long way in a very short time this year, that's yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, he really has. And uh, the. Uh, Zeb. We'll be back in action in, I think, just over a week. Uh, The USAC Tour takes a little bit of a break now until September with the big dirt race in Indianapolis that we'll talk about when it gets a little bit closer. Right now, though, you know what we're going to talk about, Tom? What are we going to talk about? My favorite dirt race in the world. That would be the Knoxville Nationals. That would be correct, sir. The 5-Hour Energy Knoxville Nationals. more than Chili Bowl? Absolutely. Wow. I love the Chili Bowl, too, but this race, this was the race to end all dirt races before the Chili Bowl was ever thought of. So it it had about a, a quarter century head start in that department. So Fair enough. The Knoxville Nationals, the uh, world's biggest sprint car race, it also pays about 10 times what the Chili Bowl does to win. Well, $150,000 to the winner of Saturday night's 50 lap A Main. And we can talk about uh, the preliminary night that was because, well, Kyle Larson did Kyle Larson things in a sprint car. Not that we're surprised about this anymore, Tom, but. He uh, was solid. He finished on the podium during his preliminary night feature. He tops the points sheet, locks himself in for Saturday, and this was the part that spoke to me after the uh, Wednesday night main. He says in the post-race press conference, Chip told me as long as I locked in, we were good. If I hadn't locked in tonight... That was not a conversation he was looking forward to having. So all's well that ends well. We know that Kyle Larson and the Paul Silva 57 are going to race on Saturday night. Now the question is, can he do what he came one spot short of doing a year ago and win it?
3: Sure he can. I mean, you'd have to be uh, a dope, honestly, to think that Kyle Larson can't go win this race. I mean, anytime Kyle Larson sits in an open-wheel car he's a threat to win it doesn't matter where or what it is um i don't see any reason why he couldn't win and i think anybody that wants to put a friendly wager on kyle larson winning should feel free to Mm -hmm. well we don't want to encourage anybody to put wagers on anyone but you know I, i guess my point is don't worry about kyle larson's chances He's going to run for the win whether or not he wins obviously because it, it you know kind,
1: it, it kind of sort of comes down to the guy that's right, at least right now on the
3: provisional front row alongside him you know yeah well that's <laughs> exactly right uh you know the, 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 there's there's a guy named shots that that's not certainly, tequila yeah not tequila <laughs> uh you know in in that very bright green car the the the, the granny smith as i've taken to calling yeah. it it's definitely – that this car could have been sponsored by Nickelodeon because <laughs> there used to be a show on there called uh, – you the, can't say that on television. Well, and and was, more
1: recently after that, it was uh,
3: um, Double Dare, I think. Okay. Well, th- well this particular show was out of Canada, ah. and um, it was on Nickelodeon, and the key was it was all about – what you know things you shouldn't dare to do on television every once in a while you'd see the green slime come out yeah and this definitely looks like somebody threw up green slime all over (laughs) the car um but it is a it is a sharp looking race car and donnie is certainly driving the heck out of it
1: yes so here here's a recap of what donnie shots did he was not great in qualifying He missed the transfer in his heat race and had to go to the B-Main. When's the last time we said that at the Knoxville Nationals? Oh, wait. It was one of the years he won it. (laughs) Well, Donnie goes to the B-Main in his preliminary night, races in through the B-Main, starts 21st in the A, and runs all the way to 5th, and is second high points man behind Kyle Larson on the provisional points board right now, which means as it sits... They're 1-2 for the big race on Saturday, which is kind of sort of how they finished a year ago, just reverse order, shots winning over Larson. Yes. Now, on the flip side of the, of the coin, you know, the 57 and the 15 are good right now, but two guys who are in not-so-good position and likely have to come through the alphabet soup on Saturday night, Sheldon Hodenshield in the 17, who was absolutely lackluster during his preliminary night, and Logan Schuhart, who would have been okay, he won the B main. He was going to be all right. Except, he forgot to go to the scales. Oops. <laughs> yeah, oops. My bad. That means he got DQ'd from the B. He's way down the points order. He may have to come, Tom, from the C-Main or even the d Yeah, <laughs> He's, he's got to come from Pennsylvania. He's, he's got to come all the way from yeah. his hometown in Hanover, yeah. PA, yeah. if he wants to make the Knoxville Nationals Championship main on Saturday night. Or... He might just could walk in via the Hard Knocks program that is the night before the championship A-Main. If you finish in the top four in that feature, you go to Saturday. So right now, I'm believing the Hard Knocks is going to be Schuhart's best bet.
3: Well, I agree. Uh, as I would think, it would also be Yes, best oh, bet. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's again, when you get buried that far, it's just hard to... Uh, it, it's hard to come through that many times, yes. you know, to, to get to the A-Main uh, at Knoxville. Um, but again, that's why this race is what it is. Yes. Because you take a driver who, you know, has won multiple features in the World of Outlaws this year and you take him to Knoxville, which is the all-star race, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, one mistake and it, it's, yeah, yep. you're out. You got to bring your A game. And and that's why, by the way, for
1: those who are unfamiliar with the Nationals format, that's also why – for the world of Outlaws Craftsman Sprint Car series point standings for the series it awards everybody a flat rate of points you yes. don't get you don't get penalized for missing the Knoxville Nationals A main which I've always felt is a really good thing in terms well, of agree. the season points battle because this race is so unique compared to the rest
3: of the season Cisco what did, 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 did what you do? Just he went blacklight there for a minute. I thought he was going to go into sixties mode. We we're going to see strobe lights. Uh, well, and he, he Jimi Hendrix yeah, music I, I, coming. I, out I of, think he broke something else too yeah. because
1: he's also in parentheses at the moment. We'll, yeah. we'll work on getting Cisco's box fixed so that we can hear him again in a second. But it in the means, it when your yeah, box breaks. I know. It's we, painful. he broke his <laughs> box.
7: <laughs> I can't rise, guys. <laughs>
3: why? Actually, that might have been
2: Randy's fault, but no, you know, no, not, no, 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 it, it was the, Cisco's guy fault. Guy me again. Oh. I don't know why. It's Skype's it's, fault. It's all Skype's fault. Yeah. All right.
1: So back Skype, to the back the to the Well So we've talked about guys who are in really good position, guys who are in not-so-good position. I want to talk about one young man who has absolutely surprised me so far this week. He's a virtual lock. I'm not going to say a total lock because we've not seen how the rest of the points play out yet. But barring a catastrophic influx of high points guys from – the second preliminary night, it seems almost inevitable that Gio Selzi in the Indy Race Parts number 71, who was sixth in points after the first night, is going to be a lock-in for the top 16 in points to go to the A main on Saturday night. This is a young man who's 16 years old out of California. His older brother, Dominic, was the Knoxville Nationals Rookie of the Year last year and geo has absolutely come out swinging this year yeah. since he got hooked up with richard and jennifer marshall made the A-main at the Chili Bowl, was on pace to get a top 10 before a freak parts failure took him out of that, has come to Knoxville. He's run strong. He's actually leading the Jesse Hockett Mr. Sprint Car Points, which is the Southern Iowa Sprint Week point standings. He's leading those right now, getting ready to go into Saturday night's Knoxville Nationals over Carson Macedo, who we'll talk about in a second. But Gio looks to be on his way to be in the youngest driver in nationals history to make the a main and what an honor for him because he has been on fire this week
3: well He's he like really that. has and again much like zeb um a young driver who has risen in a hurry yes. this year open wheel racing in my opinion has probably never been in a better position in terms of young talent i mean there are there are a number of these young racers in different parts of the country running in regional series or even national series that are doing yeah. really well. And, and yeah. that's, it's another great example And good to see him having such a good, I hope it continues because oh, yeah. boy, you get him into an A main, you know, he's, he's going to be tough to contend with. He could be, he's scary not afraid to run with the big dogs. Absolutely not. This and is, he
1: was side by side with Larson on Wednesday night for like, 15 laps just like
3: it. like like a boss i mean yes. it didn't phase him you know again not uh not, not not one of the guys that you'd say you know if you can't right. run with the big dog stay in the porch he's off the porch and in in the race yes he is now the story of nationals
1: week going all the way back to the 360 Knoxville nationals because yep. he almost won that finished second after being passed two laps to go carson macedo yeah another young gun another out of one. california yep. In the Jason Johnson racing number 41, won his preliminary night a week ago at the 360 Nationals, finished second to Terry McCarl in the finale, which is basically like winning when yep. you finish second to Terry McCarll at the 360 Nationals. One on Tuesday at Southern Iowa Speedway in Oskaloosa in Tony Stewart's number 14 car. Yes, you heard me correctly, in Tony Stewart's yep. 14 car. And is liable to make a run at the Nationals on Saturday night. This has been an emotional story. It's been an uplifting story. And I argue, regardless of what he does on Saturday, Tom, he's already a winner.
3: Oh, I agree 100%. And again, I think this is another example of a young driver who we're going to be hearing a whole lot more about as we go forward. When Tony Stewart puts you in his car. That's like, for those of you old enough to remember Johnny Carson, when you were a comedian, you made your first appearance on The Tonight Show. If he called you over to the desk and let you sit down, then you you killed it. And it's the same way here. If Tony Stewart puts you in his car, you're killing it because yeah. not just anybody gets in that ride. Right. And Carson
1: looking to deliver Jason Johnson racing not only an emotional win, their second Knoxville yes. Nationals win in three years following Jason's triumph in 2016 before uh, his untimely passing earlier this year. So we'll, uh, I, I like what Tom said. We'll be talking more about Carson Macedo, Absolutely. I think, a whole lot yep. on this show before too long. And with that, we are going to step away to another commercial. And on the other side, we'll dig into some road racing, y'all. You are listening to Motorsports Madness, and we will be back
2: right after this.
1: Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to Race Chaser Radio's Motorsports Madness. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and Cisco Scaramuza, who sounds like he's mutilating some sort of electronic object. Okay, this one ain't me. I'm hearing it, so this one (laughs) one ain't me. All right, so it's not Cisco's fault, but anyway. We
3: we, uh, continue forward.
1: Yes, we do continue forward, and we're going to continue forward and go left and right and talk about the NASCAR Xfinity Series, which is racing at Mid-Ohio this weekend. And I love this race, and I love this track for a variety of reasons. One, because Mid-Ohio is such a technical racetrack, and I feel like the driver's challenge at this facility makes it a whole lot of fun but also because last year we raced in the rain. And even though this guy is going to disagree with me till the cows come home about rain racing sucking, I personally love it. I don't think we'll see that this weekend. The weather looks beautiful, by the way, for anybody who's going to be in the area. But it's just a fun variable that we get to think about. And the guy who I want to talk about first in regards to this race is the guy who has done everything but win an Xfinity race. And he finished second at Mid-Ohio a year ago. So can Daniel Hemrick get it done this time, Tom?
3: Can he get it done? Absolutely. Will he get it done this time? Possibly. Um, can I cross my fingers? Yeah, we. Yeah, we all should cross our fingers. It I wasn't just, a flat denial, so. I mean, I, well, I mean, look, I. I it's. As it, it, Jacob said, the road course deal changes things a little bit. Yeah. You know, you got some guys in this race that I think are you know going to be very tough you got Justin Marks former winner Mm -hmm. back in the Ganassi 42 Uh, Spencer Gallagher back behind the wheel of the 23 car which I find to be very interesting that that Um, is
1: interesting yeah
3: I'm surprised they didn't have a road course ace in for this one like they did last week Uh, Austin Sindrick in the 22 car is going to be tough I think um well tom in regards to the 23 keep in mind this is a standalone race so well yeah but nonetheless um you know i didn't bring anybody in from the outside to drive it but i think you've got some guys that are road course specialists here that could really uh make this interesting but there's not as many of them as there's been which i kind of like because you know this this opens up the, uh, the idea of one of the series regulars winning, Brendan gone back uh, behind the wheel, which is kind of interesting. He's going to be in the three card this weekend. So. I love
1: that. He's also going to be the in-race reporter, too, which <laughs> I think is even better. A, a, a race or two after being the NBC Sports Victory Lane reporter, which I thought was fun, personally. Yeah. Put Brendan on TV,
3: and it's like, you can laugh all day. Well, yeah, I mean, he, uh, he definitely adapted well, for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, Kyle Benjamin in the 18.
1: Which, that's a bonus start for him. He yep. was only supposed to have two, but I love that he's getting another opportunity in that car. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now, now just clarify for me on the Cindric deal. He's in the 22, so that means no Sam Hornish,
3: right? That is correct. He is in the 22, and there is no 12. OK,
6: uh,
1: so well, list. remember, Hornish was in the 22 last year and he won the race. Yes. So.
2: Let me let me but tell you. Also,
3: Sam Hornish Jr. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Let me tell you who my favorite entry is, though. Oh, please. I love this entry. Please. I don't think she can win. But Katherine Legg is driving uh, the JD Motorsports number 15. Hang on hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on,
1: hang on, hang on, hang on.
3: You really don't believe
1: that Katherine with all her road course experience on a track where aerodynamics
3: doesn't matter. No.
1: She's got more experience at that track than I, she anybody does. else. You don't she believe does. she can win?
3: But I I don't well because, again, you know, I I love JD Motorsports to death. I'm not sure they unless they if they Give her a car with the speed, because it still takes speed here. Well, not
1: just speed, though. This race, the last
3: few years, has come down to some fun strategies. Yeah, I know. I mean... And 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 rain. And rain. And rain. (laughs) And I just... I don't feel like she's got the equipment, but if, if they give her... A good car, and she can stay out of trouble. She can certainly finish well. I just love that she's driving it. I think it's great to see her in this race. And not just at mid-Ohio either. Road America, too. And let me me just, uh, can can I do a short little PSA here? Oh, please. Okay. Um, Dear the rest of the Xfinity entry list, just because she's a female, don't mess with her. Oh, she gosh, will drive yeah. you straight off the track and smile while she's doing it. Yeah. Because oh, Catherine gosh. doesn't take no bull. That's right. <laughs> she if, is if an aggressive racer. If
1: you've seen her in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship yeah. over the yes. last couple of years, yes. that has been very clear. She helped deliver the Acura Michael Shank program of Victory at sure GT Daytona. Yep. In fact, they're contending for the championship in that series this year in those Acura NSX GT3s, largely because uh, I don't think Catherine's program, uh, no, Catherine's program was the one that started as the full season and they added the second car, but no, Catherine's been in contention for the championship all year long over in the IMSA championship, and they have done remarkably well. She ran strong at Mid-Ohio in that car earlier this season, so look out for her. Yeah. I just think this is going to be fun, and you know, it's it's great when you get five minutes into Xfinity conversation and nobody's mentioned Christopher Bell once.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, no right. offense, yeah. Christopher, it wasn't that uh, we didn't want to talk yeah. about you, but you're just I mean, not a road course guy. Well. <laughs> And, and it's not that I don't even believe he can run well or run for the win for that matter. But right. um, I just think some of these other names are interesting to talk oh, about. Yeah. We know Chris is going to be there. Um, and and Daniel Hemrick. And oh, by the way, Andy Lally also entered. I just, Ooh. Andy's a cool dude. Yes. I, I Andy finished fifth last the, year? He's in the yeah. 90, right? He for was up one? in the 90 car. Yep. Top five uh, finisher last year. He's in the uh, Josh Williams number 90. That's the um, Mario Goslin owned car. Which, yeah. uh, c- can I remind you,
1: if Andy Lally can finish top five in a subpar car on a road course, then I would argue Catherine Legg can win in a JD Motorsports car. Well, on a road I, I
3: will tell you, if Catherine Legg ever finds a way to win in that JD Motorsports car, that party will go on until next Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> You are so right about that. I mean JD Motorsports so deserves a victory and, and this it's the perfect scenario Absolutely. for for you know I mean I, and and she will like I said she will get everything out of that race car. Yes she will.
2: She
1: yes, is a she tiger. Will. So there, Go ahead Cisco.
2: Before before we move on there are two guys I also want to highlight here and you mentioned yeah. is you mentioned the teammate to that or the, you mentioned the 90 car also, throw his teammate in there, Alex LeBay, could yes. be a threat here yes. with that Pincies experience as well. And I, I, I just feel like he's been running better as of yes, late. There could be been. something there. Absolutely. And then the guy who got a win on a road course, was it, what was it, last year, the 51, Jeremy Clements?
3: Yes. There is yes. that two yep and there jeremy loves the road courses yes, yes he does. really loves the road courses yeah yeah he'll have ben wagon back i think this weekend is a spotter again and i think jeremy definitely is one of those guys you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta watch yep yeah absolutely without a doubt da- and between
1: mid ohio and road america boy if jeremy could ever uh, get lightning to strike twice oof. Oof. yeah that party would go on for a week yeah no doubt it yeah, was. So, uh... no doubt so r- real quickly, go. We'll go ahead. I'll let Cisco start this time. Pick your winner. Uh, man, it's hurry up. It's so hard. To, okay, I got. All right, I'll hurry up. I, I'm trying to wrap you on your what? box.
2: Justin Marks, forty-two. Justin Marks.
1: <laughs> there you go. That hey, that's about the two-inch limb. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I'm still laughing at you trying to wrap on Cisco's box. Uh, okay, you're picking Justin Marks. I'm going to go with Austin Cedric in the twenty-two. Another two-inch limb. Ooh. You know what?
1: Do I'm going to go for Do the it. not quite a two-inch limb uh, and just uh, say uh, it's going to be the cannapolis party that goes on for about three days because finally, Daniel,
6: Daniel Hemrick. Hemrick.
3: Hope you're right. <laughs> Hope you're right. Ugh. I just want to see a backflip in Victor Lane again. Yes. It's been way too long. Well, it has been and and Daniel uh, has never said that he wouldn't do it. Of course he hasn't said he would. I don't he, know. No,
1: he no, you're wrong. He has said oh, when he, did? he when he wins. He quote when I win, the backflip is coming back. End okay. Quote.
3: Well, you know, contracts are funny things. Oh so no, I wasn't that, sure no. if, you know.
1: No, no, RC is well he said RC is well aware that the backflip is happening.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, if it works for Carl Edwards, it ought to work for uh Daniel Hemrick, right?
1: Hey, Daniel's about as physically fit as Carl, I
3: think. Oof, absolutely. So,
1: whew. All right. So, we've gotten through all of that, Really quickly, I know they're not racing this weekend, Tom, but NHRA, we yeah. talked about Tanner Gray earlier. Don Schumacher Racing preventing John Force Racing from sure sweeping the Western Swing. Sure I think did. that's a big story. And, of course, in Top Fuel, you've got Steve Torrance continuing to annihilate the point standings.
3: Well, you know, that's another one of those, how in the world is this guy doing this in a in – a, a division where there's so much competition, mm-hmm. how does this guy... I mean, you. if you look at the point standings, you'd think that nobody else has done anything yeah, other than really. Steve Torrance. He's just simply out consistencyed them. out consistencyed. out consistencyed, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. He's he, God, when God when bless When he doesn't Webster. win... <laughs> He, he consistently goes farther yes. every week than everybody yes. else. Yes. And that's really, that's what this is about, obviously. Um, and it's amazing, Cisco, that honestly, this guy, like I said, in a, in a division where there is so many good cars, there are so many competent you know, and, and, and top drivers, for one, for one guy to be able to be so much better um, you know, from week to week is pretty amazing, honestly. It says a lot about Steve Torrance right now.
2: Yeah, is basically Steve Torrance Truex Jr., I guess, if we were going to give the analogy to yeah. last year. More yeah.
3: stage points. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> before
2: before we leave the straight liners, I do want to give a call to the guy. You know, he is 161 points back, but Tony Schumacher making the U.S. Army car work for what will be the last year that they're in the series. Yes. I'd be so happy if they could win that championship with that car. I'm not sure it's going to happen based on how fast Torrance has been, but... What a story it would be for if Schumacher could have pulled that off.
1: All right, I'm going to be that guy and say it, and Steve Torrance is going to send me hate mail for it. But as the countdown proved a year ago, anything is possible
3: well, that's once true. they reset yeah. the yeah. points. I mean, it is a playoff, just like NASCAR, yep. but gosh, I mean. You just got to get hot at yeah, the right time. I guess so. Yeah, Torrance is just. It, if he stays hot, though, it's just yeah. going to be – somebody's going to have to win more to be able to – because yep. he goes Brit- farther yeah. consistently. Yeah, Brit- so. Brittany
1: Force did it last year. Yeah,
3: so. that's true. Like yeah. I said, anything's yeah. possible. All right, I want to address
1: one open-wheel rumor here while Okay, we've got a couple minutes left in this segment. We're getting close to the deadline for McLaren to declare their intentions for an IndyCar program in 2019. We don't know if Fernando is staying in F1 or going. That would be Alonso for those who might not be living under a rock or might not be familiar. And there's a whole lot of talk about a potential Silly Season shuffle in IndyCar. So I'll ask you with uh, four months before the end of the year, does Fernando land in IndyCar and where does he go if he does, Tom? Uh, Fernando does land an Indy card, it will be with McLaren. You think? Yeah. You're so sure about that. Yep, I... See, Cisco, I still am believing this nasty little rumor that McLaren is uh, going to wrench Scott Dixon away from Chip Ganassi. I just...
2: Yeah, I I have a hard time believing it's going to be Alonzo just on the fact that he's been talking about McLaren's mm-hmm. performance going into 19, the story he did last week about how all their te- all their gathering, all their data gathering is going to be for next year. It's really hard for me to believe that Alonso is going to come to IndyCar if he's talking about what McLaren's doing for next year. So, Fair. I think McLaren does go into IndyCar, but I don't know if it's going to be Dixie Cup, but it's not going to be Alonzo. All right. And in the uh, move of Formula
1: One for the year. (laughs) See, I can make funny faces now because we have video. uh, Daniel Ricciardo
3: to Renault say, what? Uh, well yeah that's exactly what <laughs> I'm still asking why um I mean he he's obviously factory go- team he wants to be number one yeah well number yep. one is going to average like number six on the finish order uh for a little bit there um Pierre Gasly I'm hoping goes to replace him at Red Bull I think a team with Gasly and Verstappen would By be a way, lot of fun to watch
1: keep, keep, keep in mind too that that's going to make Max
3: Verstappen the number one at Red Bull oh boy. well yeah but I'll tell you don't short Pierre Gasly, if he gets with, a, with with that team and... And Honda does something. Yeah, I, I really I think that could be a scary team going forward if they can get them the right equipment to finish and run up, run up front for wins. Is Honda going to do something? Yes or no? I, I hope. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the best not the Yes or no? That's you the know, best you got? I feel like they
2: should. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cisco, yes or no? Does Honda do uh, something? I don't know yet. Too early to tell. I will Fair. say, though, Danny... Come to cup, and as for Verstappen going to going to be the number one driver. Oh no, they're gonna wreck a lot more cars. <laughs> oh, See, I th- I wow, think, I think
3: it'll mature him.
2: All what?
1: right, we're gonna say goodbye. Not right this second. In about three minutes, you're listening to Motorsports Madness <laughs> and the White Flag. Right after this,
2: here's an
7: important message from Rad and this station. <laughs>
5: Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network.
1: Now, there's a guy, as Tom Airdrums, you're a percussionist, you're allowed to do I that. am, that's right. There's a guy we didn't talk about during our Xfinity conversation that could be a factor, and this is the part where we go into El Foto Finalos. I, my, I... <laughs>
2: That's not (laughs) even close, dude.
1: I know. I was just trying to be funny, and I I at least made myself laugh. So, all right. Before before Randy pushes us on out of here, um, going into the weekend, what you watching? Oh, I'm
3: definitely watching trucks. That to (laughs) me, that's the – drafting at Michigan, y'all. Truck series at Michigan for me, and of course Xfinity at Mid Ohio because I I love road course racing when it's dry. When it's dry.
2: When it's dry. Um, hard pressed for me to beat the Xfinity series at Mid Ohio. I just ha. road racing, man, it works. <laughs> road racing, that's two for Mid Ohio. I'm with
1: Cisco. I'm going to be looking forward to that as well as uh, I'll be at the Anderson Speedway quarter mile on Saturday night for the Musty Racing winged sprint cars. Something else I love. Yes, asphalt sprint, sprint cars, cars on short <laughs> tracks. Love it. <laughs> Woohoo! see Racing. Oh, much excitement. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's why we called it such. <laughs> that's right. Jim Hanks made it really, really easy. So that's going to be fun. I'm excited for that show. We're going to have, I think, 18 cars roughly for, uh, for Saturday night. So going to be a lot of fun. Chris Neuenschwander won with us a couple years ago. He'll be back in the Ron Kohler number 10. And I want to send out some best wishes to the Kohler family. I know Ron's health has been uh, a little bit less than stellar the last couple of months. So uh, I'm glad to see a couple of his cars coming back to the racetrack. And, uh, Ron, get better. We want to see you yes. soon, my friend. So uh, that's fun gosh, I hate that we
3: have to go away already.
1: I could do this for another, well, I don't want to say three hours, but...
3: It's for, been a fast two hours. It has been sure. a very yeah, fast two hours. We appreciate the opportunity to be syndicated worldwide through SportsMile on USA to the American Forces Radio Network and a large number of affiliate AMFMs across the USA and numerous digital platforms as mm-hmm. well. So I uh, look forward to uh, continuing that here for this particular show. Yep. And uh, we'll also give a
1: shout out to our live audience. Uh, with whom we are streamed through the Performance Motorsports network and thank all of their staff and uh, get ready to say goodbye. Bye guys. We're, we're 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 done. Come back. We'll do it again here uh in a week and see go where see we a race to take there. a kid. Absolutely. So for Tom Baker Cisco Scaramuza, and our producer, Randy Miller, from CSB Behind the Glass. I'm Jacob Seelman, reminding you to keep it off the wall, and we might just see you at a racetrack somewhere, folks, Till we meet again.
0: You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com motorsports madness is a copyrighted production of the performance motorsports network www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com a member of the scorpion radio group incorporated and may not be rebroadcast replicated or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of pmn check out our facebook page or our section in the pmn website the opinions expressed on this program are those of the host co-hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.